Today, we're going to describe the spirituality of our show and our household and our new Elevate Ordinary community. I would, How des- would, you- I would describe it as either the manor at St. Anne's option or that hideous little way. <laughs> See you in a moment. Welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi. I'm Teresa Grodi. And we're back with another extraordinary conversation about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty. Thanks again for being here with us for this conversation. Uh, today we're talking about, as we mentioned in the beginning, we're going to be talking a little bit about one of our favorite books, no, That Hideous no, Strength. our favorite Okay, I'm sorry. Book. Our favorite book, C.S. Lewis, <laughs> Space Trilogy, That Hideous Strength. But more generally, we're going to be talking about kind of the spirituality of our, our home, kind of our particular spirituality of our home, kind of the spirituality behind this show, you know, kind of what the show is about and also what our patron community is about. And you can check out our patron community by going to elevateordinary.com and you'll see that it's called the Manor at St. Anne's, which we referenced in the beginning. You'll see why in a little bit here. We're going to talk today about that patron community, why it's called that, because it's really tied in with what this show is about, kind of our just our particular flavor of how we're trying to live out our faith and love the Lord and try to be saints in the ordinary life. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, be sure to download. Actually, before we go to that, I'm sorry. I need to back up here. We have a special thank you today to, um, let's see, Colin and Rachel Snyder, who are our, our first our first patrons in the uh, St. Anne's, St. Manor. <laughs> The Manor at St. Anne's patron community for Elevate Ordinary, the show. Thank you. Thank you. Colin and Rachel. How exciting. This guys, is this is just awesome. VIP because it's just us yeah. and you on this yeah. app. I know. It's going to be good. Uh, actually, this is a good place to mention that we are going to do, we're going to be doing, we'll talk about this today, but we're going to be doing a book study in our patron community. So please join. So please join. We're going we're we to go through this. We will do it with two other people in it. <laughs> hey, we ain't scared. Yeah, I mean, this is this is probably the 11th. This will be like the 11th time you ready for your book study? we've read this book. <laughs> so we're going to be reading through. So get your copy of The Hideous Strength by C.S. Lewis. And if you can, if you haven't already, read the two books before it. But we're going to go through it chapter by chapter or maybe a couple chapters by a couple chapters. Yeah, and give our reflections our on bits. our phone. We'll just do a little. You'll figure out how You'll to see us that. there. So again. ElevateOrdinary.com, become part of our patron community there if you like what we're doing on the show. Um, the best way to access that community and the other shows on Awaken Catholic and to follow this show is via the Awaken app at theawakenapp.io. So, gosh, we hope to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Teresa, tell us also about an extra special announcement. Yes. Um, we are this. We have a pilgrimage, an Elevate Ordinary pilgrimage coming up in the future. This is like 15 years in the making. I'm so excited. Um, In July of 2022, we're in the year 2021 right now, right? Okay, so in July of 2022. So far, so good. um, (laughs) We will be going to Rome, Assisi, and Medjugorje for... 14 days, 15 days. We'll have our spiritual director is Father David Kidd, who used to be on a super cool show here. Um, but then he got too super cool and too amazing of a priest. And he just, you know, did priest is doing priest stuff now. Um, How dare you. <laughs> so if you want to join our pilgrimage, um, oh gosh, I keep hitting the microphone. I'm sorry. Um, if you want to join our pilgrimage, go to catholicfaithjourneys.com. 
click on Open Pilgrimages and find our uh, Medjugorje Pilgrimage with Spiritual Director Father David Kidd. Um, I'm just so excited. I yeah. can't wait. I, I've, gosh, we haven't been to Rome and Assisi since our honeymoon. Yeah. And you've never been to Medjugorje, and I've been right. twice, and I, I haven't been in 15 years. So we're actually going to take our older two kids who don't know that yet. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't told them, so if you see them, don't tell them. Um, and and our baby, yeah, because I'm pregnant. <laughs> the conversation that we're having today, as well as the conversations we have on the show, again, if if there's anyone out there, if you like <laughs> these conversations, it'd be great to go on a pilgrimage with you. So there's any one of we know that there are two of you out at there least, who like at these least conversations. two, Colin and Rachel. <laughs> Legends, both of you. <laughs> All right. So today we're talking about, um, gosh, we're we talking about this. This is one of our favorite books. This is the, That Hideous Strength by C.S. Lewis. It is the third in C.S. Lewis's space trilogy. Uh, as a quick aside, did you know that C.S. Lewis had a space trilogy? I still, I just met a new C.S. Lewis fan the other day and he's like, yeah, I'm a totally big C.S. Lewis fan. I'm like, have you read a space trilogy? And he's like, what? The, a, a space trilogy? I'm like, come on. I man. have. A theory, okay? And I don't usually get like this, but I really think that there is a veil over C.S. Lewis fans and people in general about reading this book. Like, I think it's a a veil that's there that needs to be lifted. It's like that first scene in Paralandra. That's, that's what's the going second, on. That's the second People book. People are keeping kept away. Um, of the Space Trilogy. But it's because, and I think it's because that this book is insanely prophetic. Insanely relevant to the world today. Yeah. I mean, like people are talking about reading 1984 and like some of the, don't read that book. Well, read no, that read book. book. No, it's a good book. Do whatever you want. Um, oh it's, it's a classic. But this book, That Hideous Strength, the C.S. Lewis Space Trilogy is far more timely and it's Christian with a Christian ending, which is what's missing in 1984. Yeah. <laughs> Dang so it, we, I keep we, hitting the microphone. We, we jokingly ah. started the show with a, a couple of combined literary references. So the manor at St. Anne's option, which the manor at St. Anne's. We talked about the Benedict option, didn't we, on here? Some, at some yeah. point, yeah, I'm sure. So yeah, <laughs> that's our little joke, the Benedict option, because we, we, we do like that book. Uh, Rod Dreher's book, The Benedict Option, talking about uh, referencing, you know, St. Benedict, you know, or at Labora, St. Benedict Medal. Uh, you know, living, trying to live out the faith in the, the, the midst of a, a difficult world, a world that's uh, that's against the faith, what that looks like, what that looks like for the modern person. That's what the Benedict Option was about. How does how does a modern Christian And there's family, been tons of spinoffs since. Spin, you know, all kinds of, <laughs> all kinds of other options. Option. So where you got the Santa Manor Dominican and Option. option. <laughs> also, yeah, that hideous, what did I say, that hideous little way. Oh, yeah, the little, little way. We obviously, the little way of, of St. <laughs> Therese, you know, her, her spirituality of looking at, you know, all the little things done in love as, as being world shaking, earth shaking, that uh, we we're given responsibility. We're given the power to do greater things by our fidelity to little things. That's that's bound up with our elevate ordinary spirituality here, too. So why does so what is the manner at St. Anne's? The manner at St. Anne's. So, again, spoilers, maybe we're going to do a book probably. study of this. But, yeah, the two factions that end up in this book, one of the the, the good guy faction, whatever. Um, while there's this this plot, this this um, celestial political plot celestial, you know, uh, interplanetary governmental plot to uh, all of the going things on in the world, no, all that all the stuff. The point is, <laughs> is that no, on the good kidding. guy side in the book, the the protagonists of the book find themselves at the manor at Saint Anne's, which is this this old manor on a hill, and it's this collection of different people who've been called together, and they know they've been called together for a mission. 
they know they've been called together to somehow stand against the forces of darkness arrayed against the light in this book. But what do they find themselves doing? They find themselves called to this manner where they are gardening and they're living Cooking, and sharing the cleaning. chores and yeah. living out life ready for, for whatever God's calling them to do, but but called to just live the simple life in the meantime. And we were just so inspired by this when we first read it together and we've read it many times since. In that, you know, never to put too dramatic of a point on it, but the world, we are in a war. We are in a battle in this world. We always have been the spiritual battle. Um, however you interpret the specific events and people and forces that are out there now, the point is we're in a spiritual battle and the perennial question is how do we as parents, how do we as spouses, how do we as a family or as a parish to go one, maybe one step outward, how do we live out the faith when the times seem so dark in so many ways? How do we find the right balance between you know, praying for what's going on out there and being involved in the ways that are appropriate, but never letting that take away from our first and primary responsibilities, which are to worship God and to love each other and to raise our children um, and to give glory to God in those little ways? How do we live that balance? And it's part of our it's part of the spirituality of, of St. Therese. It's part of the the image that we see in this book of the manner of St. Anne's that we mustn't get pulled so much out into those events of the world that we forget what is most important because God will bring about the fruit by our fidelity to little things. That's like that's one of the points here. That's the elevate ordinary. That's kind of that whole thing about elevating the ordinary. It's in our fidelity to the ordinary that God enables us. He gives us and he calls us to do the extraordinary, but we must discover what it means to be faithful, radically faithful mm-hmm. in the ordinary. Now, I so as I mentioned, we've read this book t- I, at 10 times. I think I stopped counting at 10 times. Um, this was your bridge back into fiction, by yes, the way. This, yeah. I, yeah. When, I met, when I met her, she wouldn't read fiction. I couldn't no, get her to read No, because there's no point in reading fiction. <laughs> Why won't I just read nonfiction and learn what it is? Why would I read history about some <laughs> other person's universe when I could read more history about my own? But this was this was her this was her what do you call it the gateway drug back into oh man back yeah. into the world of fiction yeah so that's that's cool yeah crap where was I going so with sorry that to uh, you can't that. interact a pregnant woman or a mom doesn't matter yeah. once I've had a kid I can't think anymore um, so the manor at Saint Anne's is contrasted with the NICE at Belberry yeah. okay so this is like. A massive governmental company. Political, scientific. Okay. It's like all the conspiracy theories out there in the world have all come together in one institute. And it was written in the early 1900s. <laughs> um, and and um, it's all coming out of the elite at a university. Right. Okay. So the elite believe, they all believe that they are being called to this NIC, they're, to, they're to Belbury. This progressive future. Because they're things. part of the inner circle. Yeah. Okay. And this is being contrast with the manor at St. Anne's where there are people who are refugees, essentially, from Various this areas. this world yeah. that's occurring in this small little English town. Yeah. You know, refugees this university from broken families, town. refugees from... University system gone awry, refugees from the, 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 yeah. the academics. Right? And they're all no. clearly called and, and mean to They've end up here. Together, yeah. They don't know how, but they are. And the two, Belbury and the Manor at St. Anne's, are like just set against each other. Um, Mark 
and Jane are the two main characters. They're married, but they spend the entire book apart. Right. Um, Mark, Mark is, is in, in the university and has become a part of the inner circle. Drawn into these plots deeper <laughs> at Belbury, and Jane has. He's found, a lovable fool. I mean, he just keeps getting well, sucked deeper I mean, he's, and deeper. He's just me. I mean, I. Right. I mean, I this this book was just me. You know, in <laughs> some sense, he wants you know? to be, he wants to be part of changing the world. That's mm-hmm. part of the temptation. There is like, social planning. He, he he's so in, like he's so determined to be part of the the real people doing really important things. That that's part of what keeps getting him drawn into this really nasty business. You know? Yeah, as as somebody who loves education and was deeply involved with academia and progressing in academia almost my entire life. You know, you they tell you that you're the smart one. And because you're the smart one, you must be involved in social planning. (laughs) And that's exactly how it turns out. I mean, like, that's just that's how it works. You know, you you continue to feed into I'm the smart one and these people must be managed. And so it kind of plays out here. Um, Mark's there. Mark's there and his wife, Jane, Jane ends up at the manor at St. Anne's. Right. Um, and one of the awesome things about the manor at St. Anne's actually, and in Belbury, um, is that C.S. Lewis is showing hierarchy. He constantly is contrasting yeah. between the two places. It's the brilliant. book bounces back and forth between these two places and he's yeah, yeah. contrasting different types of hierarchy, different types of submission to mm-hmm. an authority, different mm-hmm. types of belonging, mm-hmm. belonging in this craving to be part of the inner circle, this yeah. Gnostic sort of craving versus belonging to a, a family, to a community. Mm-hmm. The the contrasts back and forth are one of the things that makes the book a really yeah. masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah. Um part of the 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 people who are called to Belbury are called through their temptation. You know, like um Saint Ignatius of Loyola's discernment of spirits, when you are in sin before mm-hmm. you've turned to Christ, the devil is sweet. Mm. He is very sweet and he brings you in and he wants to show you everything he has to offer you. Um, and then when you've made the decision, he turns on you fiercely. Mm-hmm. And if you, I mean, if you're into gruesome stuff, <laughs> the end of this book is like, it is hideous. <laughs> it is gruesome. And you end up like, it, it at the end, you're just movie. like, I'm not going to be on that side. Like that is not the side. And I can see myself on that side. And I, I see all the ways that I've been lulled into Belbury and I don't want it. I like renounce it. I reject it. <laughs> I want to be at the manor at St. Anne's. Yeah, there's some scary bits in there. Yeah. Ooh, so, I got good. Again, I literally I'm good. In our patron community, we're gonna be doing a book study and I'm excited for that. So we'll we'll dig more into the events and the characters as we go. But I mean our our goal today what was just to try to talk through some points of again, we so <laughs> We've put up the, the picture a couple of times. Uh, our home, we named our homeschool the Manor at St. Anne's Academy, right? That's mm-hmm. what the, the yeah. Manor at St. Anne's Academy. Uh, and obviously we've named our patriot community the Manor at St. Anne's. Uh, so we, we, we've been inspired a lot by that image in this book of this community. Um, and again, so we want to talk today about some of the, some of the features of that community in that book and why it has inspired mm-hmm. our particular spirituality as a family and as a show here. You know. I pulled up two. Two of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, something that, that struck me and mm-hmm. that I love about the manor at St. Anne's is the freedom. Mm. Okay. So at one point, Jane, like everybody who comes there, comes there of their own free will. Maybe they're not certain how they got there, but in the end, it is their free will 
that they choose to submit to this hierarchy. Mm-hmm. They choose to recognize it and they choose to live in it. Um, and at one point, Jane desperately wants to join them. Like she's a, she's a converted Christian now, you know, and she has that, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Mark, my husband is part of my past life. He's, I love him, but he's gone, you know, and the director who is their eccentric leader, who's in all the other books, uh, and goes to space and whatnot. Um, (laughs) yeah. Um, he tells her that like, he can't have her without like, does your husband know you're here? Does he, you know, what does he think of it? And she gets so affronted and I get it because I've been there. Like I was a born and raised feminist where she's like, is it not my decision? Like, because I'm married, like I can't make this decision on my own, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but the, the rea- the director recognizes the reality. Like you are about, really married. Like that last episode, we talked about justice. The, the justice yeah. of the the reality of that relationship. You, it's not you, just how I feel about the relationship. Yeah. It's a real relationship. That there there is a way when if things got so bad that you could join without his, you know, like if if, you know, it, there was just no possibility. But while there is still a possibility of confronting him, and Calling telling him, him and darkness. asking him to yeah. join you, like that that has to be pursued first, mm-hmm. you know, um, and. Belbury, the contrast, no one can leave. Even when they have it in their free will, it's like, well, we're going to charge you with murder. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. <laughs> and we have all these ways to prove that you all murdered these, All these person. subtle ways of entrapping. You know, or yeah. eventually just, you know, other, other means of keeping people there. Um, you know, and it's just when in a marriage... Okay, you go into marriage. So let's just assume you're like educated Catholics. Okay, you're committed educated Catholics and you go into to marriage with all of these ideas and hierarchies and, I, and what you think marriage is going to be like. Mm-hmm. But then the longer that you're, marriage, that you're married, you realize you can't coerce or manipulate the other person to do what you want. It has to be their free will. Or you don't have a marriage anymore. You you have a strained marriage. Okay. Sometimes I remember hearing Christopher West talk about this, and this was actually the very first time I'd ever thought of that. For me, all dating relationships, marriage relationships, they were all a power struggle all the time. Someone was always looking to hurt somebody else. Someone was always looking to control somebody else. And you know, like when you watch typical TV and you've got the the man role and the woman role, and they're always fighting and bickering and talking about each other and trying to get money from the other one or whatever. Um, that's just how I thought mm. marriage was a constant power battle. Mm. Um, and then I remember hearing Christopher West talk about like, so, you know, your wife and you, you know, she said she does not want to have a date tonight, <laughs> you know? Um, but you know her and you know, all the things that you can do to make her want to have a date tonight. But is that right? Mm manipulating her when you know what her free will has said, you know, like you're not, it's not forced, you know, and you're not being a jerk about it. You're just doing the things that, you know, the other person likes and you're going to turn them around. So it's two, it's two different images of relationships. Again, we have this in in society also. Do we see society as a system in which we have, we have a social contract where we're all going to act in our self-interest and we'll have just enough rules and a system to make sure that that doesn't that nobody gets too abused. Well, again, some people see marriage like that—that that it's 
well, it's a it's a social contract. We're both in it for self interest, you know. So we have to we have to have the you know the agreement and you know divide it all fifty fifty and everything because this is just a convenient way for us both to get more of what we want out of each other rather than a, a free will decision to enter into a covenant where I'm trying to give all of myself. Mm-hmm. I am freely putting myself in your service. I am freely putting myself even both ways uh, for a man and woman in, in certain respects. I mean, there, there is, the husband does have a particular role. We understand that from scripture, but there is a mutual submission in a, in a certain respect of we're both like, I'm, we're putting ourselves in covenant with one another. Like I, I have given over some of my freedom. Mm-hmm. I have changed the course of my whole life now to be narrowed to, um, you know, that my future is bound up with you. And mm-hmm. I can't, even if my feelings temporarily change, that doesn't matter to the justice of the real relationship that we have. Yeah. But it has to, again, that's a covenant, a relationship of of submission and service and love that can only be entered into freely, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and then conducted freely. Yeah. 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 Nice. Well, that was a good well, point. Okay. <laughs> what was your other one? <laughs> you want number two? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sure. Hit us with it. Well, so something that I really liked about the manor at St. Anne's, something that I felt I identified with, because being a feminist and then never wanting to have children, you know, and then now like being married, having children, loving children, wanting to stay home, wanting to homeschool them, like it, it's just a completely different It's like it looks so entirely different. And so when you're trying to form your culture, like I'm looking at homeschooling and I'm looking at being a a housewife. My friend hates when I say that and I said it again. Being a A stay-at-home mom. Is that any better? (laughs) Um, It's a housewife. I'm married to my house. Um, A wife and a mom. Two of the most (laughs) glorious things in the world. That's how we'll say it. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you. Um, Like I needed to inform my... Um, what's it called? The thing, the framework. I needed framework to put that in. And you pick up all these like homeschooling and like Christian mom books and they make often, or at the time I was reading them, they make things feel like it's, you know, everything is sweet and you're gentle and it's very floral. And now I love flowers, but then I hated flowers. You know, and, and, and it's just like the like little way, the little flower, St. Therese, um, which you actually, can't, which you can't help completely. That's right. Like you, people are talking well, maybe from the other end but of it, the yes, difficulty. It sounds like it. And I'm like, I can't, I would have to kill something within myself, within my God given character and temperament for that temperament, this new temperament to completely exist. I don't know how to describe it. Well, this is how it's going to be described. 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 Yes, go ahead. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Um, But when I read, when I was reading about the manor at St. Anne's, there was a ferocity there Mm. that is present in the church because the church isn't just sweetness and flowers and, you know, St. Francis walking around with, with, um, birds on him. There's a ferocity to St. Francis. There's a ferocity to St. Therese. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's an intensity that allows you to be a martyr on the deepest depths of your soul, but not like a martyr, like, I'm just going to let it all happen to I me. But like, you have a goal with your suffering. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, like you're going to go to war yeah. against the devil every day. 
You know? So, yes. Let me let me let me try to. Thank you. Yes. Sum put some into, of this up. Put into words. So what I hear you saying here the is I said. what comes to my mind is that um, Saint Anne's is a real image of Catholicity, whereas Bellberry, you know, the NICE, the Institute in this book, is really this image of hell, where the further they go, the individualities in Bellberry in the bad place are are the are, place. are quashed and suppressed because the whole point is uniformity and conformity and um, the giving up. The true giving up of one's personality this is so uh, timely. to, you know, for the, the sake of this diabolical plot. Whereas in, in at the manner of St. Anne's, there's this real Catholicity. In the Catholic Church, we have saints that are sweet, peaceful pacifists, it seems like. And we have warrior saints. We have, we have you know, gentle, well, well, at some points in their life, in some of their examples, gentle souls like St. Francis. We have St. John Vianney. And Padre Pio, and we have Saint Joan of Arc, <laughs> and we have you know we have we have academics, and we have uh, sim- simple people, and we have uh, warriors, and we have you know gentle monks, and we have martyrs, and we like we have the whole gamut. And the thing is that there's no contradiction between those things. In the Catholic Church, we're able to bring together apparent opposites, hold them in tension, and as Chesterton says have a healthy hatred of pink. Like we want the red and the white and we want them together and we want oh. them to their fullest strength, but we don't want just kind of a bland combination of the two. Oh, he means don't call it pink, call it liturgical rose. Liturgical rose. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the point is that they, like in the, in the church, we're able to have, we're able to pursue and harmonize the different qualities and the different personalities in a way that doesn't, kind of just diminish them all into kind of a bland moderation, a bland lukewarmness. We're able to ha- you're able to be the you know, the height of all those qualities. And so in St. Anne's, again, we have we have men and women in that community. Um, amongst the women there's a variety of temperaments. You have the kind of the the the, the who's the Grace, Grace Ironwood. Ironwood, this very Exactly what her name sounds like. Yeah. I mean, she's this very strong she's kind of the helper of the director and she, we don't really know much number about her two. past. She's the number 2. <laughs> You know, a uh, very strong, kind of fierce, quiet psychologist. Lady. She's a psychologist. Yeah, and then yeah. we then we have, you know, what's the what's the I've, Ivy Mags? Ivy Mags, you know, <laughs> the you know, she, just the, the the common lady who who was the the housekeeper for, for Jane. Jane yeah. You know, and her husband's in jail. You know, and like yeah, and she but she's the, she's a simple soul, but she's just so bright and cheerful. And the atheist, the atheist. And we have the atheist buddy of the of the doesn't director. actually believe. But, but he's there because there. he's valued for his objectivity and yeah. his and, and his and his wit. The point is they're all there. And his gardening. And somehow all of their personalities are are heightened and valued and and combined <gasps> in this community, right? And there's Merlin. Well, uh, that's a whole other And a game. bear. <laughs> <laughs> we'll oh. we'll get there. Yeah, join join our group. Um Join our group so we can do this book because study. Talk about because that. you want to be on the other side of the veil of C.S. Lewis fans who have never read this book. Yeah. Sorry. The book uh, that is, was marketing is a great example of <laughs> Chesterton's whole distinction between the clique and the clan, right? The in the clique, people come together because they are very they're they're similar. And so you end up with these highly specific societies where the bond is only a common interest and it could easily change and be broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not that there's not a place for that. But that's distinct from the clan or the family where you're given to one another. And that's certainly a, a hallmark of that community. They're not a biological family, but they're 
God has led them together. So they're given to one another, even though they're not the sort of people who would have like organically come together in a society, but they're given to one another and in their accepting of one another mm-hmm. and learning to work, to be a community. Like there's a, there's a, a, a very unique, again, familial sort of love that develops. Yeah. In and, and, and they're able to be valued even in their difference. You know? In Belbury, you have to watch everything you say. Yeah. And you have to know who you're talking to and what you can say to them. And every word you have ever said will be brought back up against you. Everything is an act. Everything is trying yeah. to look apart. Everything and is then trying to be. In family yeah. life, in the manner of St. Anne, certainly, you know, with the with the, the atheist who's uh, the Scottish atheist who's always <laughs> running his mouth this way and that and Ivy mags and whatever. Um, but like in family life, you get angry and you yell and you sin and you whatever. Um, you know, you're all very different. You're all very unique. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking about the microphone, not what's coming out of my mouth. Um, and, but you're, you still have to love one another. Mm-hmm. You have to be like, my brother just hit me in the head. Right. But I'm still going to live with him. Yeah. And why? Again, <laughs> you know? is it because we all, all like each other all the time and it's just, yeah. you know, uh, flowers and it's wonderful and it's quiet? No, it's because God has called us together for a mission, for a purpose. And it's in submitting to that purpose that we find a deeper kind of love than a mere clique could have ever had. You know, and that's, again, one of the, the, the amazing portraits of community and family life that we see in, in St. Anne's. We also mentioned at the beginning, you know, the St. Anne's option, you know, the manor at St. Anne's option, you know, referencing the Benedict option. Because there, there really is a, a good example in this, this, an image of how we as Christians in a difficult time in history, how we, rem, we are in but not of the world. How do we kind of form not a bubble where we f- we flee the world and, and think that we're going to be able to somehow remove ourselves from this difficult time and place? But how do we we form a community and focus on, you know, on love and on worshiping our God and becoming saints and taking care of, of each other while we remain ready to be involved in the ways that God is calling us in the world? Mm-hmm. You know, like we putting that first thing first, the first thing being the family and the community and the worship of the creator, putting that and keeping that first mm-hmm. so that you're ready to be called on to, to, again, the ways that God wants you to, to be leavened in the world. That, that Keeping that order is so important. Yeah. In, in being somebody who is very ambitious, very driven and has high goals and hopes, and I'm always somebody who's like starting a new thing. I've learned over the years that, and this is biblical, we all know it, but like that if you are not faithful in the little things, as our Lord says. If you're not faithful and stable and measured, you can plan, you can have the personality for, you can have the management skills for, um, you can have the planning for all the big things, but God won't give you the fruit because he doesn't want you doing it as you are now. If God does not build the house in vain, do its laborers labor. Yeah, but the the better that you get at being... I mean, the more you grow in holiness and the more that you grow in virtue, things come to you mm-hmm. that are clearly God's will, you know, and then you discern with your spouse and your your particular hierarchy, you know, and it works and it works better. You know that it works better than you could have planned. And the more that those things start happening, mm-hmm. the more that you're like, this situation literally just fell into my lap and I could have never predicted the outcome. Yeah. And the outcome is stunning. I didn't do any of that. 
you know, right. that is kind of what the manner at St. Anne's is. It's that you're learning to grow in holiness. You're learning to grow in being measured and thoughtful and, you know, like under obedience and then, and, and in freedom and all doing it all in freedom. And then when the time comes to go be a martyr, you are ready. In whatever way. Yeah. Physically yeah. or spiritually or, you know, just in, in accepting smallness. You know, again, I think we have Christian politicians and artists and businessmen, people who get in that position who should, they should be expecting because our Lord promised this. They should be expecting to reach that moment of decision where they have to choose between worldly success and fidelity to the gospel. And I think so many people, they they get all the way along and they're not expecting that and they hit that moment and they're not ready for it. And they don't remember that, well, the success, whatever success I have in this world, that's God's business. My business is to be faithful. And so if I reach that point where there really, there's a choice between being getting a little a leg up in politics or whatever it is, being a little bit more successful uh, in, in terms of my, what I can understand and predict versus remaining honest versus remaining, um, you know, just and pure versus, mm-hmm. you know, remaining faithful to the gospel. I have to be ready to, to joyfully say, yep, this is the moment. This is the small martyrdom I'm called mm-hmm. to. I will accept failure in the world's terms if it means success in being mm-hmm. faithful to the gospel. And I think um, whether or not there's an earthly conspiracy for this, there's certainly a demonic conspiracy right. that tries to bring a person to the point where they have to choose in the objectivity room, which is also something in that hideous strength, <laughs> to stomp on the crucifix, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, what is it? It's just a piece of wood on the floor, you and know. Why would I sacrifice success And this? Yeah, like yeah. If, if I just, who cares, if just the, the pinch of incense or whatever, it doesn't matter in the end in... What's that St. Thomas More movie? A Man for All Seasons. You know, where his friend is like coming to him and he's like, why can't you? We've all done it. We're all good, you know, Christian. Yeah. We've all signed when you it. you make a promise, you hold your soul in your hands. If you let it slip through your fingers, mm-hmm. what will you have left? Yeah. When you make a promise. And this, yeah. I mean, this book shows you just how, just how passive it is. It's not even how necessarily subtle. a yeah. subtle. It's yeah. not even necessarily a moment where you're like, I choose to, I choose to be on this evil side, just like the Israelites. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like steps, the little chinks in the arm. It wasn't yeah. like my life is good as an Israelite. And then here comes somebody who says, sacrifice your baby to Moloch. I'll do it. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. they were part of a system. They were part of a kingdom. They were part of a culture. They were part of, and it just was like, well, what's a pinch of incense? It doesn't matter. And God understands. God it doesn't knows, matter. And yeah. I would die. I have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not, if you're not faithful in the little things, yeah. God cannot bring you to the big things with you being faithful in them. Right. Yeah. Well, Freedom and ferocity. This was a good episode to come after the justice one. Yes. And a good episode to come between the justice one and courage. Next week, we're going to be talking about the cardinal virtue of courage. We're going to continue with our study on the virtues. This is a brief study here. We've talked about them so much, but we wanted to really make sure we laid them out clearly. So again, go check out that episode we did on justice and be sure to stick around for that episode on courage next week. But in the meantime, again, if you like what we're doing on this show, Elevate Ordinary, please join our patron community, The Manor at St. Anne's is the name of that community. And you can join 
you you know you can support the show at what at, at multiple levels you know whatever that how that fits in your budget your Please come and support us at the smallest level so that we can have this book discussion about that (laughs) and your strength. (laughs) Right. There'll be many things, you know, some bonus clips and things over time, but... We we are we want to do a book study on the hideous strength that'll only be accessible to patrons of our community. So be sure to check that out at elevateordinary.com. Uh, and the best way to access all that and as well as this and other shows is the Awaken app at theawakenapp.io. So check that out as well. And as we mentioned at the beginning, again, we would love to go on pilgrimage with you to Rome and Assisi and Medjugorje in twenty. 20- 22 yes. in what July. month? July. Yes. So check that out at, at catholicfaithjourneys.com. Go to the open pilgrimages tab and find our pilgrimage. So lots of exciting stuff going on. Lots of discussion on that pilgrimage. Again, thank okay. you for, for joining <laughs> us for this rather scattered, you know, meandering episode of Elevate Ordinary. We talked about our favorite book and, and some of our favorite uh, references therein. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you'll be back next week as we talk about courage. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.